Hey, good to be with you guys. It's been a long time. Must not have been a good time because you didn't took four years to bring me back. So uh, <laughs> Susie said to watch what I say this morning. So uh, <laughs> we are glad to be back with you guys. And uh, like Matt said, we're from California. Susie and I live there. Um, that's pretty much our home turf. We have we had a short stay in Hawaii for ten years, but uh, overall California is our home. Uh, we have two grown children that are both grown and have kids, so we're grandparents, and they're both in ministry as well, so we're kind of stoked on that. And um, yeah, we've been doing this for a long time. Uh, we started coming to New Zealand in the late 80s, and uh, Christian Surfers brought us over, and I really appreciate what they did for us, and then opened up doors, and as we started ministering with them, we started meeting churches and different ministries, and yeah. We've been blessed that the country has welcomed us back in, and we've been a part a little bit of some of the landscape of what the Holy Spirit's doing here in the nation. So it's, it's good to be with you guys. And uh, yeah, so what I, what I want to share with you guys this morning is um, kind of, I think it's time for us as, as the body of Christ that we begin to look at the church as more than just the local gathering. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times we, we kind of find the people we like. That's why you come here because you found someone who was as good-looking as you. And, you know, you're saying, you know, I fit right in with this group, you know. And you, you've come here, you're fitting in with it. You know, you look alike, you act alike, you, you know, so on and so forth. And that's how we begin to form our own little tribes in our, our own situations. And in that, though, what happens, there becomes a, a point of preconceived ideas of what we think church is going to be. We have a preconceived idea of what's going to happen. How many of you knew or, you know, had a general idea of what was going to happen this morning, you know, less a guest speaker. You know, you could say, oh, well, oh, it's 10 o'clock. Do we have, to? no, we don't have, we got another 10 minutes. We don't have to go yet, you know, and, and so you do that, right? And then if you're standing out there having a cup of coffee and the first song starts, what does that mean? Nothing, you know, just, you know, just, you know, you know, just, uh, that's just them tuning up, not a big deal, you know. And then they sing the second song, you know, we better go in and find a place to sit down, you know, and you do that because that's just to get your attention song. Then there's the announcements, you know, this kind of thing, and everything goes forward. And then you kind of get serious. You have the, you know, turn your eyes on Jesus song. Yes, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry song. You know, you do that. Then you sing a little bit more, and it's, you know, the, the tragedy, the, you know, give us your money song, you know, and which is, you know, <laughs> you know, that causes really everyone to cry at that point. And then, after we do that, we have the, you know, come forward song, you know, <laughs> sorry, God, you know, and we do that. Then the song we're all waiting for, let's go home song, you know, and you know, you, we have this preconceived idea of what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and the expectations of the spirit of what we're going to see take place. Now, most of us, we come to a church, especially a church like this, where we want to see something of the manifest presence of Jesus, you know, but we want to be careful here. Because, you know, I don't want to be manifesting in public. You know, I, you know, I don't want to be falling on the floor, foaming at the mouth, you know, demons coming out. You know, it's like, nah, you know, it's just, if I could just go, oh, thank you, Lord. That, I'm happy with that. I'll go home with that one. But don't, don't get too radical. So, you know, we're, we're kind of like, you know what it is? We're, we're what we like to call the Goldilocks Church. We really are. You know, you know the story of Goldilocks? It's an amazing scriptural analogy. I'll, I'll share it with you. You know, but it, it's like this, you know. Goldilocks, you all know her, right? She went into the forest one day and found a house where a bunch of bears live, as you do. And, and so she was there, and she walked in, and she first thing she does, she finds the bowl of porridge because, well, that's what bears eat, I guess, and that's that. And the first one, what did she do? 
She ate it with, whoa, this is way too hot, you know. Then she took the second one, what was it? Oh, that's way too cold. But what did she do? She found the one that was, this is just right. Then she gets up, she goes and finds the chairs. This is a pretty amazing story if you really think about it. You know, she finds the chair, she sits in the first chair, and what does she say? Oh, way too hard, you know. And then she goes to the second one, and what, oh, this is way too soft. Finds the third one. This is just right. And so she sits in the chair, and she's happy. Then she breaks it here. And then she goes, I'm going to take a nap. So she goes upstairs. Again, amazing. She goes up. First bed is what? Way too hard. Second bed, what? Too soft. Third one, this is just right. And so what happened when she found that one? She fell asleep. It's just like us. It's just like us. We go to some churches, we walk in there, they're swinging on the chandeliers, casting out demons, dancing around, waving the flag. Whoa, mama, that's way too hot for me. And we walk out of there. Then we go to a church and it's, oh, oh, bells and smells. Oh, you know, you know, it's like, whoa, that's way too cold for me, you know, right? Then we go to the church that's just right. Then what do we do? <laughs> Wake me when it's over, right? And, and that becomes the preconceived idea of what we're going to do and what we're going to expect when we come into the presence of the Lord. But I believe the Lord wants to begin to change our concept and our understanding of what the word church means. Because it isn't just that place where we go and you know, find out if we're going to get struck by lightning and make it to the next week, or you know, just to come and spend our time fellowshipping. It's a place where God wants to demonstrate himself in the fullness of his power. That Jesus would come just as he did, you know, all those years ago, where he walked among, or on earth, he brought the manifest presence of the personality of God to planet earth, right? And he said, look at me, look what I do, look how I am, the things I do, you're going to do as well. I'm going to go away, but you are now going to become the representative of God's personality on planet Earth. Wow, that's kind of, you know, it's a little bit more than would you like to join the church, right? It's kind of, we, we kind of think about that responsibility and what the Lord is saying in that. You see, we are now the ones that are representing what God stands for on, on planet Earth. True? So in that, we have to begin to change our definition of what's supposed to happen. Because, you know, Jesus did his thing. And when he did his things, people got healed. We talked about that as we received in communion. People got set free. People got delivered. People found hope in life. True? Church. A lot of times we'll do pastor's conferences and and everybody will sit around and we'll, we'll just ask the question, why don't people come to church? Well, they've been there. That's why. And they know what's expected. And it's funny as, as who we are and what we are, especially in our society today, how funny we are when it comes to understanding what's going to happen at church. <clears throat> like, for instance, like, uh, I don't know about so much here, but it is in America, at least in our neighborhood, it is. We live real close to L.A., so Hollywood's a big influence. Susie can tell you that. But uh, there's, there's a lot of situations there. Like, for instance, like, how many of you would go to a restaurant and if you walked up and they said, uh, well, I want to eat here tonight, what's the wait? And they, oh, it's, it's going to be 45 minutes. Well, you'd say, hey, the food's good, you know, we can go to the bar, we can hang out, you know, we can, you know, we can surely kill 45 minutes, right? We do, we do that, you know. Yeah. 
And then we have, like in our area especially, we have new technology. Like Apple just came out with the new X phone, right? You guys seen that? You know, uh, in our area, you know, on the news, our morning news on that morning was showing the people that have been camping out for three days around the buildings, waiting to get in to get that. So people will wait days, days, Susie, uh, to, uh, to get the new technology, all right? And uh, they'll, they'll wait around the building, right? And, wet, you know, it doesn't rain in California, but, you know, if it rains or whatever, it doesn't matter. They'll wait for that new technology, right? Uh, new movie, you know, how many of you are going to go see the new Star Wars? You know, our kids, our grandkids, we've already got tickets. We're going to have to go at midnight. We did that one other time. I never understand it. It showed at 10 o'clock the next morning, but we had to go at midnight. You know, what the heck? We were there. So we already have our tickets for that showing at midnight when it opens up in a couple of weeks, you know. So people will wait in line for a movie. They'll wait in line for technology. They'll wait in line for food, but they come late to church. What the heck is going on? So it isn't like in our psyche that we wouldn't do it as humans. It's just that we're not committed to the commitment because there isn't any expectation of what's going to happen, what's going to do. Our vocabulary, church, go to repent, go to get in trouble. You know, you can't smoke, you can't drink, you can't chew, you can't hang around around with those that do, and it costs you 10%. Shoot, that's bad news, not good news. You know, I'm going to go and join the Rotary. It's their cheaper news and they have more parties. Yeah, you know, and, and that's kind of how that works, right? And so in that, there is that ceiling that comes upon us that stops us from entering into the next thing. Well, I, I want you to see something here. What Jesus did to help the disciples and to help all of us change our concept of definition of terms, all right? Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to read this to you in the New Living, says this, immediately after Jesus uh, insisted that the disciples get up, 1422, I don't know if I said 22, there it is, okay, um, and go to the other side while he was, sent to, he was sent to the people. After sending them home, he went out in the hills by himself, night fell, and he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, towards them, walking on water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified in fear. They cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I'm here. It's me. I'm here. Then Peter cried to him, Lord, if that's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said to Peter. So Peter uh, went over the side of the boat and walked to him, walking on towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, he shouted. Immediately, Jesus reached out, grabbed him. Oh, a little faith, Jesus said. Why did, why did you doubt me? Then the disciples worshipped him, and they really cried out, You are the Son of God. All right. Great story, famous story. Everybody knows it. The, you know, the, the greatest point is you, Peter sank, you know, behave yourself. And that's kind of the concept we get. But I want to show you something in this and something that the Lord did for them and actually changed the face of the church, okay? Up to that point, water was for swimming, washing, surfing, fishing, sailing, etc., etc. Never, ever, ever in the vocabulary, if you were talking about water, you know, oh, we have a nice water view, whatever, it was never did the term walking come into place. True? Yeah, I mean, you know, don't walk on water. But I want you to see this. Now, the other thing, the disciples, do you understand they were men of the sea? 
you know, some of them. They were fishermen. They hung out by the water. You know, they always were at the beach. They must have been good guys. But, you know, this is this. They were there all the time. Jesus found them on the beach, and he's doing this. So they are, they're on this boat, and they're going across. And they've run into high seas. They've run into wind. But, you know, they're sailors. They can get this thing to the other side, right? They know how to batten down the hatches. They know how to pull in the oars or whatever it is. They knew how to get this boat to the other side. They're doing it. Maybe rough, but they know how to do it. It's kind of like us. We know how to run church. We know how to sing the right songs. We know how to make the right presentations, the right chairs, how to decor, whatever it may be. We know how to sail Christianity. We really do. And so in that, even when things get rough, we just kind of follow the rules and do this thing. But in the middle of the night, and again, I'm not quite sure how all this happened, but Jesus comes walking to them. And they see him. I don't know if it was a full moon or they had a spotlight or whatever. But he's walking to them and they see this thing walking towards them on the water, glowing in the dark, whatever. And being men of sound mind, what do they do? It's a ghost, you know, because, I mean, how, do your, how many of your friends come walking to you on water? It just doesn't happen. So they, they hear him. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Now, Pete and the boys, they go, that sounds like Jesus. You know, you think that's Jesus? I don't know. You know, he says, let's test it. Okay, here. Lord, if that's you, tell me to come out to you on the water. And all the other guys, good idea, Pete, yeah. You know, that's smart. Because, you know, they're expecting the ghost to go, oh, it float away, and that's that. But then what happens, Jesus says, all right, yeah, come on. Peter, just kidding, Lord, come on in. You know, it's like, <laughs> but see, he got an answer that he wasn't expecting. He said, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. He expected the Lord said, no, you need to do Alpha. No, you need to finish your courses at. You need to, you know. What did the Lord say? Come. Now, notice the preparation for this. You know, how long did Peter get to try? How long did he get to prepare for this new experience? This is it, man. This is it. And so now he's, well, you said it, Pete. Come on, boys. You know, they all got, oh, great. So now... You know, it's a pretty good-sized boat because there's the 12 of them. There's room for Jesus. I don't know if they had a crew or not, but this is it. How many of you have been on a boat before? You know, you know you're, come on, you're here. And uh, so in that, as you step out, of the, you know, it, it's, it's, you know it's, it, the water's wet. You know, I mean, this is, you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> and, it's, you know, and I, I don't know, it doesn't say in the Scripture, but I'm pretty confident that Peter didn't feel the water solidify underneath his feet until he got his fingernails dug out of the wood, Right? And when he finally let go of the wood and on the boat, you know, it's windy. The boat starts drifting away. He's standing there. Jesus is over here. He's standing on water. Ta-da. He's like, what the heck is this? The guys are all looking. Oh, look at that. He must be standing on a rock. Whatever. You know, whatever. It's just this is it. And he's going. And then he does this. He takes a step. I'm standing on water. I'm walking on water. You know, he takes another step. Dude, this is working. I'm walking on water. He's a little bit more confident, does a little moonwalk. I mean, he's happy. He's moving forward. The guys in the boat, Peter, Peter, you know, they're going for it. Jesus is saying, come on, come on. But then what happens is this. As he starts the walk, listen to what the story says. It says that Peter then, looking at the wind, becomes afraid, and he begins to sink. And he says, Lord, save me. Now, there's a couple of things here. First of all, the Lord walks over, takes him by the hair, dunks him three times and says, use turkey, swim back to shore, who's next? You know, he, doesn't, you know, he, he didn't do that. He immediately picked him up. But the other thing is this. He, this. Listen to the reasoning of this. And this is us. He goes, oh, no, it's windy out here. 
I have a heck of a time walking on water when it's windy, right? If it was nice, calm, cool, and glassy, I could do this. But right now, it's choppy. And he begins to sink. And he says, Lord, help me. And the Lord immediately picks him up. And the cool thing then, the Lord didn't say, get on my back. I'll take you back. He said, it says they walked back to the boat together. Another, in another chapter, it says this, that when they climbed into the boat, everyone was like, whoa, surely you are the Son of God. Then the wind stopped, right? The manifest presence of, the, of what God does and how God changes our circumstances, because you see, God is not controlled by our circumstances. Circumstances do not dictate to the will of the Lord. And in fact, as we implement ourselves to the Yes, Lord, here I come. What begins to happen? Circumstances have to bend to the purposes of God. And it changes everything, right? Now, the boys, everyone's looking. Peter's the only one wet, and so he's going through the rejection thing. Oh, I'm a flake, you know, and I failed. And, you know, everybody else is going, did you see Pete walk on water? It's amazing, you know. But, you know, that's how we we do. And uh, they go to shore, and, and that was it. It is kind of funny, if you ever read the Scripture... I know you do, but if you read it through and, and you see how many times something like this happened, like there's another chapter in the gospel where it says they were out sailing one day and Jesus started walking by them on water. It's like, what the heck? You know, you know, we don't even talk about that one. Oh, yeah, Jesus, hey, Jesus, come join. Oh, okay, you know, and he gets in the boat and goes with them. But, I mean, Jesus did, had a habit of breaking the circumstances of life. You see, he didn't live in the protocol of what we call life. He lived above the circumstances. He lived above the elements. He had his own vocabulary. So when we come to church, what the Lord's trying to do is change our concept of what's going to happen when we walk into this room. If we're to see the manifest presence of Jesus, then we have to come down to the point of what would Jesus do if he walked into this room? What would happen if the presence of God was here? We say, Lord, you are welcome here, but behave yourself. You know, we said, Lord, you're going to do your thing, but don't embarrass anybody. Lord, come on, Lord, come on, Lord. But there's new people here. They might run out. You know, it, it just all these kind of things that we do. We want God to work within our, voc- our uh, definition of the word. And he wants to change that to say this. No, I want to show you what I can do. And when you come to church, it should be that same expectation of, well, we should go early so we can get a seat because there's going to be room if we don't make reservations. Yeah. Right? Because again, when people start hearing about the manifest presence of Jesus in our midst, that people are getting healed and people are getting set free, it changes our vocabulary. How do you think Pete got along the next day when he went home to see his wife? Honey, how was your day? Oh, it was good. We hang out with Jesus. Did the fish and wine thing again. And, you know, I brought you some leftovers. You know, you know it, 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 that would have been one thing. That went, oh, yeah, he healed that guy. That blind guy got healed. Oh, that woman got healed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and I walked on water. You know. What? Do you think he would have gone home and had to have that extracted from him? Or he'd come running it, honey, you can't believe what happened in the name of Jesus. Right? Because they'd seen the bread and fish thing. They'd seen the water and wine thing. They'd seen, but I walked on water. Everything changes when you experience that presence of God in your life. When you have that manifestation of the power of God, everything changes. And so what we have to begin to understand, this is not a group experience. This is a personal experience for every individual to have contact with the living God. For every one of us to walk into this room and no matter what the need is, that the manifest presence of Jesus would come and set the captives free. Do you remember the the bracelet everybody used to wear, WWJD? What does that stand for? 
Oh, Bummer, I thought it was, we want Jack Daniels. I gotta change my teaching, you know. <laughs> At least in our town it was, you know, so, you know. All right, so what would Jesus do? And that's what it comes down to. That's where we're at right now. So when we gather here on a Sunday morning, it isn't just preparing or hearing about the problems or the issues that are going on in our government and all the social issues that are taking place. Or, you know, we heard that somebody had problems in their family. Those are all good things. But when we come into this room, we want to say this, Lord Jesus, we want to see your new technology released right here. We're willing to wait in line for it. Lord, we want to eat the meal that is good. Lord, bring it on. We want to see the showcase of what you have. And so we want to make ourselves open to. And this is the great thing about it, because a lot of times when we come to church, we know that the sermon is really for the person sitting next to us. You know, you know oh, I'm so glad they taught that. They need that. Ooh, more, Lord, more. You know, and, and, right? And you're all going, yeah, you should know this guy. You know, this... And, 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 and what it has to be is this, is no, I'm, I'm coming to have an encounter with the living God. And so the question becomes this, you know, how does that work? Well, Jesus tells us, well, you're going to get the gifts. In Acts chapter 2, you know, he's, you know, chapter 1, he says, the power of the Lord's going to come upon you. And when it comes, he's going to manifest himself. Look what happened. What would happen when the Holy Spirit came? It changed their vocabulary again, didn't it? They went from the gutless wonders that were hiding in an upper room. Peter, who had denied Jesus three times, one time to a little girl and cussed her out. I mean, really cussed her out. It wasn't just, stop it. You know, he just really nailed her. And then now he's standing before over 3,000 men. They didn't count the women and children, right? Just the men. So if normal church, half million. You know, so they're there. And he's, he's sharing. And he shares. And he gets up and he shares the gospel. And he tells them. And these are the Romans. These are the Sanhedrin. This is the high priest. They're all looking to kill these guys. He gets up and says, no, 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 no. We're not drunk. It's too early in the morning. Come back at four. No, at three, it's too, too early in the morning. We're not drunk as you would think. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, that in the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all mankind and all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. There will be wonders and signs in the earth and in the sky, and everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Woo-woo, party on, folks. This is it. He changed their vocabulary of the word church. Because he said, you are no longer to be passengers. You're to be participants within the kingdom of God. And so when we come into this room, and we come in on a Sunday morning, got to be done on time or, you know, game starts at, you know, whatever it may be. Well, we have to begin to ask ourselves, what what would Jesus really do? If Jesus moved among us right now, and he began to walk in this room, I mean, would he walk up to you? And he'd say, you know what? Those things that you're dealing with, those areas of your heart that are wounded, those places that you've hoped for and haven't come about, I want you to know I'm right with you, man. I love you and I care about you. And I want to pour oil on you that you'll be healed because who you are and what you are has not yet been seen. And the promises, those things that you heard even as you were a child, the, the kind of the high goals that had been kind of pushed to the side, what would Jesus do? He'd speak to you saying, no, tomorrow's a better day. And I got, you, I got to tell you that the things you've had against you in the past are going to, this is the line of demarcation. 
And the Lord says, I draw it that you can walk with me and talk with me and be with me in a rich and full way. And no more nightmares, no more fears, but to come and give you peace that passes all understanding. Would Jesus speak that to you today? You bet he would. Because he likes you. He loves you. And would he just leave us as he finds it? Oh, you're sorry. You know, you know would that be it? You know, we go, good luck. You know, you know, no, he would look at you and say, of course I'm going to heal you. Would Jesus do that? Would Jesus bring freedom to us? Would he heal your body and bring freedom to you? Would he take away those things that are kind of worrying you right now? Oh, of course he would. Instead of laying at night going, you go, no, no. You know, like you said earlier, his body, his stripes, you're healed. And the Lord would bring that healing to you and bring restoration to you. Would Jesus speak that to you this morning? You bet he would. You know, is this the magical mystery tour? Do we have to lower the lights, sing a pretty song? No, here comes Jesus. And when he walks among us and his presence is with us, he'd set the captives free. Don't you dare quit. No, no. No, there's so much more ahead of you. So much more in front of you. And the Lord says, no, your time isn't at the end. You know, that happens to us sometimes, isn't it? When we live life to a certain season, it's kind of like, well, I guess that's done. You know, it's like, I got news for you. A friend of mine says, well, I always thought I'd play Wimbledon. You know, now he's 300 pounds, and he's not going to. You know, <laughs> they won't even let him on the court. You know, but, this, you know, this, you know, you're still in the game. And the Lord has good things for you. And he would encourage you to let him extract that goodness from you and give it to others. You know, there's a better season ahead. Okay? Would Jesus speak that to you this morning? Yeah. Do you understand, church? Do you understand that the Lord wants to change it? That when we walk in this room, we come in with an expectation of his power. That we come in with an expectation of the manifest presence of Jesus. That's kind of a mouthful, isn't it? But the manifest presence, in other words, not just ethereal, not just, oh, I feel good, but actually God moving among us and touching us and setting this captive free. Any captives here today? Anybody here need healing? Somebody here need deliverance? Somebody here need, so- yeah, come on, God. You know, let's, you know, I need a brainwashing right now. You know, just cleanse me from the top of the head to the bottom of my feet and everything in between. Come on, Jesus. I need hope. It's stormy out here. This vehicle isn't going to get me. I need something superseding. You know, and listen, you know, part of that story, people always say, well, Peter, he's saying, that's just a good lesson to you. Don't get wet. You know, this. The story reads horribly because it would have read better this way. If Jesus said, they would have said, Lord, is that you? And he said, yes, come. And the 12 of them stood up on the, board, on the, on the boat stepped into the sea, walked to Jesus, and they walked the shore, and the boat was lost at sea. That would have been a better story, right? Only one, and the 11 conservatives stayed in the boat, and they missed the opportunity. Listen, I don't want to come to church to kill two hours every Sunday, just to kill two hours. You know, these chairs don't look that lonely. We can do that. You know, I'm not why I'm here. I'm here so that I can walk into the presence and and, and and the sweetness of his goodness right here, right now, where we can see that healing take place, that deliverance take place, that mind-binding spirit leave you, those places of darkness blow out the window, all those things that people say, well, that's just how you are. Shut up. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are new. I'm not going to be bound to the past. 
My sins are not going to hold me captive any longer. I'm going to move forward to the future because he that the Son has set free is free in all his actions. Does that make sense? That's what Jesus would do. Doesn't matter if you have a speaker. Doesn't matter if you have a pastor. I got news for you. That's what Jesus would do. When we come together, we should walk in there going, woo-woo, what do we get to do today? What do we get to see today? What do we get to have happen today? What will Jesus do? Come, Holy Spirit. Bring life. Susie, you want to come up? Yeah. Usually we speak together. She usually comes up and corrects anything I've done wrong. You know, so. What he meant to say was. Right. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, as Tom's talking, guys, this is good news, right? This is news not just for a few of us. This is for all of us. That, you know, when Nairi was bringing the whole word, um, uh, 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 you know, prior to communion, that was beautiful. Wherever you are, right Nairi, that was, oh, oh right. <laughs> Where'd she go? <laughs> yeah, and now She's you're all like, oh, great, we're going to listen to this lady. Yeah, yeah you, listen, that was so good because it made me think of Galatians, Galatians 3.13 where it says, Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it into himself. Yes. So everything that Tom's talking about, guys, this is why we gather. Because we have a truth. We have a core truth that changes us. When we, when I or you walk into a room, and I'm talking obviously to everybody who's made a decision for Christ. You've accepted him. He's yours. He lives in you. When you or I walk into a room, we change the atmosphere of that room. That's right. Because Christ walks in with us. And if you don't believe me, read Colossians 1.27. Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's the advantage that we have. We gather together, not like Tom said, to kill time. You know what? I'm so glad Tom got up first because what if you guys played the song Run Around Sue? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so highly inappropriate. But <laughs> I was just thinking that was a good song for you, though. But, you know, thinking about, you know, we come to enjoy the presence, to take in and understand that we have the great advantage in life. Jesus said, listen, there's 7,498 promises in the Word of God. It's a little bit debatable, but it's around that number. One of those promises is this. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Now, that's not the one you cross-stitch on the pillow and give to your friend. Oh, praise the Lord, I have a scripture for you. I calligraphied it, you know, whatever. But it's a promise. But the rest of that promise is, listen, don't worry about it. Because I've overcome the world. Well, you're God and I'm not. No, I'm in you. I'm with you. Right? That's good news. Um, Hebrews 10, when it talks about the sacrifice of Jesus, I don't get much time. It's like, Susie, come take the last five minutes, so i got to get it in. Okay, so friends, we can now, without hesitation, rock, this is in 19, verse 19 of Hebrews 10. So friends, we can now, without hesitation, rock right up to God, into the holy place. Jesus has cleared the way by the blood of his sacrifice, acting as our priest before God. The curtain into God's presence is his body, and his body was broken broken for us. Okay? Good news. It gets better. So let's do it. 
full of belief, confident that we're presentable inside it out, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. You can't do that if you're not here. You understand that? You know, people are like, oh, it's just me and God. I'm going to stay home and just be with the Lord. You know, not on Sunday morning you're not because the family's gathering. And if we don't gather, we cannot be inventive in encouraging one another. We need one another. We are right. made to operate as a family and as a body. I understand if you're sick or something's happened, of course you can commune with the Lord alone. And there's time for that. But there's got to be time that we, we are inventive in our encouraging one another. And it keeps going. Let's see how inventive we can be encouraging love and helping out, not avoiding worship together as some do, but spurring each other on especially as we see the day approaching, the That's big right. day approaching. And I think, you know, what, you know, I was trying to understand Tom, and I think what he was saying was, <laughs> you know, listen, church is for us. It is our home. It is our body. It is where we gather, where we remind each other that the greatness of God, the great advantage on this earth, there is an advantage that was given to every man, woman, and child. It is for every man, woman, and child. The most basic scripture that we all know is John 3.16. For God so loved that he gave. And it, what else does it say in that passage? It says that he would, that not one person would perish. And if you think, and I know in this room, there's somebody in this room, and you're thinking you're the weak link. Or you're the one that the promises are not for. And I'm going to give you, you know, Tom has given a, you know, a couple, if you don't know what prophetic words are, it's just simply God is talking to him and he's listening. Jesus said in John 15, 15, everything the Father tells me, I want to tell you. And it's not just so we can go, oh, that was really cool. It's so that we can now pass it on, you know, and give it out. And, you know, listen, it is the heart of God that every person would know him that you would change the atmosphere. We gather to remind each other of these truths. Oh, I know what I was saying. I got on a rabbit trail and I forgot, but I'm back. Okay, listen, if you think you're the one person that it's not going to be true for or the promises are not true for or you think you got to get your act before God uses you, listen, newsflash, you're never going to get your act totally together, so get over it. If you think we have our act together, no. 42 years of marriage, still trying to figure it out. It's like, really? I mean, I don't even know how we do it. But listen, God is not going to become a liar and not carry and fulfill his promises just to fulfill your self-loathing, you know, and, and self-hatred or whatever. It's not who he is. God is not a man that he should lie. He's never going to lie. And when he says the promises are for those that believe, they are for you. Right. You're not the one. You're not the one. And that's good news, right? Yep. Amen. Yeah, see here. Yeah. Got it out. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> so in that, as we begin to look and see who we are and what we are and what we want to accomplish, what we want church to be, we want that reputation to leak out of the doors. Yeah. You know, we want it to be, you know, if you find a good restaurant, you're going to, you find a good product, she'll tell you, you know, you know, you, you find Maybe some, you find you know, me later, right? I got some good ones. But if you, if you, if you hear about a sale that's going on, you know, whatever it is, yeah. you'll talk about it. Yeah. I want to talk about church. Yeah. Yeah. Come and see the man yeah. who told me everything about my life. Yeah. Go there. You're going to get a drink of water. You won't be, you won't believe how it will quench your thirst. Yeah. Right. 
so that when we come together, that we come with an expectation of the manifest presence, that we come together with the expectation that God's going to heal and deliver and set people free, that he's going to heal me, he's going to encourage me, and that I can give away from what I have because you can't give away what you don't have. So in that, if you're broken, if you're wounded, if you're lost, guess what? Jesus is here. And this morning, even right now, he wants to begin to minister life to you. Not because it's a special Sunday, but because it's church. Right? Does that make sense? So we just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come, even this moment, and set you free. Some of you, even as we're looking around, I can, I can see that you've just been... You, the, the devil's been kicking your butt, we'll just put it politely, all right? And it's just enough is enough. Enough is enough. The Lord would come and rescue you at this particular moment. He'd reach out and he'd bring peace that passes all understanding. He'd restore unto you the joy of your salvation. He'd bring that cleanliness and put you in right standing with him. He would give you the kingdom right now. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just do that. Whatever the need may be right now, would you come, minister life? Would you come and give freedom? And Lord, as you're doing those emotional things, those spiritual things and those mental things, Lord, would you also bring physical healing into the house? Yeah, Lord, uh, that arthritis, um, yeah, whatever that, that leg problem is, that back problem, that blood problem, Lord, would you just come right now? Yeah, that tumor, Lord, would you just take it away right now? Would you take away the fear? Lord, would you bring healing in the house? Would you bring liberty in the house? Yeah, stomach problems, oh man, they're just, yeah, Lord, we need some help. So we, we go to you, the great physician, and we say, come, Lord. Bring our bodies into order right now in Jesus' name. For I, some of you feeling like you're under a curse, that you've got a curse that's come from your family, from your parents, from relatives, even if, whether it's spiritual, physical, or emotional, or you're dealing with some physical ailment, and you think, well, that just runs in my family. I want you to remember that passage that says that Christ absorbed that curse into his own body right. on the cross and it's time that you and I take hold of that promise that we believe what we believe that we understand that we can now freely walk right, right. in I'm not under that curse you're not under that curse <clears throat> so father I pray that that freedom that truth would be implanted that it would explode in our hearts that it would free us Lord because when you set us free, you set us free indeed. That's right. Indeed, Father. And we thank you for that, Lord. Let's do this. You, if you have a physical problem right now, you don't have to tell anybody what it is. But, you know, if you would just raise your hand right now that we can pray. Now look around. Everyone that doesn't have their hand up, look around and see someone that has their hand up. All right? Now, those of you that don't have your hand up, go and lay hands on these people. Now, don't, you don't have to give them the Pentecostal massage or anything like that, but just, you know, just gently lay... And if lay, you don't have it, don't touch it. Yeah, right. Uh, it, it, uh, just lay... <laughs> right? It's not a youth group, okay? No, but... Uh, <laughs> That's a youth group yeah. thing. <laughs> uh, lay your hands on that person's shoulder or, you know, somewhere appropriate, yeah. and just begin to pray. So I see hands here, hands here. Come on, guys. Lady in the purple. Yeah. Somebody come pray with her you, right you now. You have to do this. You have to. This is family business. Yeah, you have this is to get up. how family operates. You can't just sit there and go, I wonder if what's going to. You need to get out of Thank the boat. You. you need to get out of the boat. So there's two up here. There's two, one here. 
two more over here. Come on. Everyone that has their hand up, you need to have people praying for them right, right here now. Right the black sweater. Yeah, back there. In the, okay, good. Everyone that has their hand up, if you're not being prayed for, wave your hand at me so we can send somebody to you. All right, good. Okay. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. He's the great physician. You know, I don't know all the technical terms. I don't know all the biological, you know, connections. I'm just going to say this. Come Jesus. Come great healer. Hey, hey. Oh, come, Lord. Bring healing in the house. Lord, would you do that for us? Would you bring deliverance for us? We will wait upon you, Lord. Would you supersede the diagnosis, Father? Would you supersede the problem? Would you change our vocabulary this morning when we use the word church? A place that we go to get healed, a place we go to get delivered, a place, yeah, not just the norm, but something above and beyond the status quo. as you're praying for one another right now, if you begin to get an impression from the Lord, a word of encouragement, an exhortation, something that brings strength or comfort, just feel free to speak out that word to the person you're praying for right now. You're being prayed for, you get that word. Feel free to speak to the people praying for you. Everyone gets to participate. This is the body of Christ. anyone's being, if you start to feel some physical change in your body that you're being prayed for, maybe just wave your hand at us just as a point of encouragement to the rest of the body that, yeah, good, good. Others, come on, just wave it, just say, yeah, Jesus is touching me. 
may not be all the way done, but something's happening. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We receive that, Father. Do more. Do more. There's just one more thing I want to do before we give it back over to Matt. Is this, listen, just by chance, you came here this morning because somebody lied to you and said they were going to take you to lunch. Uh, and you don't know what you're doing here. And maybe you've never made that decision to make Jesus your Lord. Maybe you've known about him, you've thought about him, you've heard about him, but you've never let him drop the 33 centimeters from here to here. And see, that head knowledge will keep you out where the heart knowledge will bring you in. And so if you don't know that you know that you know that you know Jesus, then you don't know, right? I don't think I'm married. I know. I, oh, yeah, I got a ring. I know. I know in my heart. I know. I remember the day. I know that I know. But if you don't know that you know, you need to know, right? I know this is heavy theology. I know. But, but you need to know and you need to do that by just saying this, Jesus, come into my heart. If you'd like to make that decision and make that move from here to here, would you do that? Would you wave your hand to me right now that we can pray together and Jesus would come into your heart this morning? Anybody here? We're not going to give away bicycles or anything like that. So, you know, this is as good as it's going to get right here. You want to meet Jesus, just wave at me right now, would you? All right, just want to check because we wouldn't want you to miss the greatest treasure of all the earth. So Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, continue the work of freedom. Lord, I pray that our expectations of church would go through the ceiling. Actually, you know, just blow the ceiling off. There'd be no limitations to who you are and what you are in our lives. That we would see the truth and the truth would set us free. In Jesus' name. Wasn't that good? Courage and challenging. Great. Thank you. Um, there's still a bit of prayer happening around the place, so just be sensitive to that. But we'll call that church for today. Um, in terms of if you can sort of feel like you can leave now without feeling bad, okay? So, but uh, you're welcome to stay as long as you like. There's coffee on. And and as, as Tom was sharing, it's just if you if you sitting there thinking actually I would like someone to pray for me then this is the best place grab someone you know grab someone you don't know grab someone that looks like they're a good prayer um, and pray pray together see what God does he's here his presence is here and he's good could I just say a couple of practical things as we close there's a ladies lunch today and ladies um doesn't matter if you've said you're coming or you're not coming. They always have a great time. Get along. There's a men's barbecue on Friday. Get along to that. And just also to know that Tom uh, and Susie are going to be at night church tonight. It'll be a different message. You'll be uh, sharing and um, ministering again there tonight. We'd love to see as many of you there as would like to be there. But God bless you. It's good being in church, isn't it? All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>